0: Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach
1: and marketing strategist, Adam Kipness. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining today and being on today's episode. I'm really excited for uh, today's guest because I, I love food and I love sports and his business, uh, Works in the two of those arenas, and, and so uh, I'm excited for you to hear from him in his journey and, and what he's um, overcome, and the lessons that he can teach all of us. And before we before we introduce him, um, I want to thank our sponsor, PowerTexting.com. As always, um, they're a, a great partner of the show. PowerTexting.com provides a texting platform that replaces email to stay in contact with your prospects and your clients. Uh, Definitely encourage you to check them out Uh, and as a gift to all of the listeners, they provide a vacation free of charge to one lucky listener of every podcast that I do. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second, but it's pretty cool. You can go to Vegas or you can go to Cancun or Puerto Vallarta. Some really great options um, as part of that giveaway from powertexting.com and The show is always about lessons that you cannot learn in school. Only entrepreneurs know them. But the bottom line of of any business is always about client attraction. You can have the greatest service in the world, but if you can't attract clients, uh, you're going to be dead in the water long term. So for those of you looking for clients now, uh, please download my book at freebookfromadam.com. It's eight steps to attract clients now without spending any money on marketing or advertising. It's step by step, really easy to read and implement. So, with that, again, appreciate you being here and want to introduce you to today's guest. He's the co host of Behind the Behind the Smoke podcast, BBQ War Stories. He's also the owner operator of Cali Comfort Barbecue, that was founded in 2008 with 18 employees in San Diego with $400,000 re- of revenue in year one, which is a great initial year. But now 10 years later, he's got 67 employees doing over $3 million. So he's got a lot of great stories and tips that were on that path uh, from zero to $3 million that I look forward to. And he's also catered for a lot of um, the San Diego sports teams, the Chargers, both in San Diego and Los Angeles, and the San Diego Gulls hockey team and the San Diego State Aztecs. So, with that, I'd like to introduce Sean Walchef. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate you being here and sharing your thoughts.
0: Adam, honored to be on the show. Thank you for having me. A uh, big fan of your work. Thank you for uh, giving back to fellow entrepreneurs. Uh, I really appreciate that, and I'm
1: excited. I'm excited to learn more about not only what you do, but how you got here. So let let's start there. Was this being an entrepreneur always in your blood, or or when did
0: you decide, this is what I'm doing, I'm going out on my own? That's a great question. I think um, entrepreneurship is definitely something that is a blood type. Um, we, we teach our staff actually frequently that hospitality is a blood type, even though uh, you just have to have that will. And I think one of the things for me, um, I was raised by my grandfather, and my grandfather was an immigrant from Bulgaria. He was born into a very – small impoverished village um, where he was born to be a farm boy and literally one teacher that came um, to the village uh, was an actually an American teacher and he taught him a love for reading and that love for reading led him to become a medical doctor um, in World War II in Germany when he couldn't get into medical school and he immigrated over and he started a life for you know for my mother and his two sons um, here eventually got him to San Diego uh, but I never met my father. My grandfather raised me, so I was fortunate to be born into a life of privilege, but it was a uh, immigrant pri- privilege. Um, so, you know, I grew up in La Jolla, which is a high-end, high-net-worth place in uh, San Diego on the coastal community, and was very fortunate to attend private school. But the whole time I was raised, you know, by my grandfather, who taught me that you have to work hard. And even though he was a medical doctor, by the time he retired at age 65, he started investing in residential single-family unit uh, properties, which led him into commercial properties, but he never stopped working. And um, for him, watching him work, watching the failure that he went through, watching people tell him no about projects he was trying to work on, um, it was inspiring, and it kind of got me to the place where him being a medical doctor, I thought I was going to go to law school. I applied to all three law schools in San Diego um, I actually got rejected by all three of them and my life kind of took a took a different direction from what I thought I was going to be. I thought, you know, I'd maybe have my own law firm someday and it ended up that law school didn't want me. So, I decided to just start helping my grandfather with his properties and um, that kind of led me onto my next path, which was an opportunity to open a restaurant at the height of the recession in 2008 with one of my best friends. You know, and in life they tell you especially in real estate that location 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 is what you have to do, and if uh, you saw the place where our restaurant is located, you, along with all your listeners and uh, all my close friends, they they told me back then that I was a crazy man for opening up in uh, Spring Valley. But we're grateful that we're here today. Ten years coming on eleven years in April, so. it uh, has been quite a journey.
1: That's awesome! Congratulations on, on the long-term success. Ten years in any business is super difficult to achieve, and and to continue to grow over that time period is an amazing feat. So when you opened the first restaurant, you obviously had some real estate background and learning from your grandfather in, in properties and, and finding good properties and buying right. What led you to, to pick the location you picked and looking back on it, you know, what would you, what should you have done differently?
0: I guess. (laughs) Well, you know, that's that's the funny thing in entrepreneurship is that, you know, a lot of the opportunities, they come masked with different faces. And the property that the restaurant is currently located in was one of my grandfather's properties. So it was a, a two-bedroom house that he initially purchased back in the 70s that um, he converted into a family restaurant that he leased out. Um, a woman ran it as a successful restaurant for about two decades, and then our family took over actually when i was in middle school so when i was 12 13 years old i started busting tables and washing dishes at the restaurant um that i'm at currently and uh when i got into college i ended up helping lease out the property and eventually selling the property uh the new owners came in and that was right around the time that i had gotten rejected from law school um, and asked if we'd be interested in taking back over the failed breakfast restaurant and um that was something that we were interested in because of the, uh, of the liquor license and adding the sports sports bar component to it.
1: Interesting. So, so you, you took a, a successful restaurant to a failed restaurant and turned it back into a successful restaurant by changing the theme. What, but so much of, of a restaurant is about feel. It's about the people in, in the neighborhood. How did you change the perception from that failed breakfast restaurant into what it
0: is today and what you've been able to build. You know, that's, you know, that's one of the, one of the the most difficult and rewarding parts of the journey was that, you know, finding out that we wanted to open this restaurant, you know, me and my best friend that he grew up in his family business and, you know, running a restaurant is a very challenging, very arduous task. Um, The amount of issues that we've faced with payroll, with, just getting the concept open with menu engineering. I mean, the amount of failures that we've had along the way have just been, (laughs) it's, it's been, it's been incredible. I mean, the point where we're hosting a ladies night promotion um, and getting sued by men because they're getting price discriminated against Um, things happen in the restaurant business and you have to learn how to move forward. So for us, you know, Part of it was the ability to pivot. Part of it was the ability to make our own way. Um, I think that's really the, the key to being an entrepreneur is knowing that no matter what, at the end of the night, no one's going to worry about the business the way that you are. Um, but also, no one's going to control you. No one's going to tell you, hey, you can't turn that breakfast restaurant into a sports bar. Hey, you can't turn that breakfast restaurant into a um, a barbecue restaurant all those things we were able to do because we felt in our heart that that was the right thing to do. And the community responded, you know, every, every village, every business, you, you can't support yourself without regulars. You can't support yourself without uh, people that are passionate about your, your brand or the product that you're offering. And we were fortunate that um, Spring Valley, they, they loved us and we love them back.
1: That's fantastic. And it sounds like they still love you, which, which is great. How did you, how did you pick
0: barbecue? (laughs) <laughs> barbecue uh, barbecue came about because um you know for us giving back to the community and doing charity events was something that was important so whenever we'd have a local youth sports team um, whether it was a pop warner team or a little league team or a soccer team come and ask us to help raise money so that their kids could play sports sports is something that i learned a lot of, a lot um, playing basketball playing tennis playing football growing up and so did my business partner at the time and Uh, we decided to start helping by giving back and we would have these weekly parties where people would come and they'd give us a coupon that they were here for the event. and We'd give them 20% back um, based on how many people came and it was great, but it also became very administratively burdensome on my staff. Um, It also became something that was very hard to manage. So we decided, Hey, let's think bigger. Let's think about every every part of San Diego has some sort of festival that they do that they get to celebrate and people from all over the county come and they get to go for whatever that um, event might be. And Spring Valley, East County, San Diego really didn't have anything at the time. So we threw around some ideas and decided the most popular idea was putting on an amateur barbecue contest. Um, A lot of the coaches were excited about it. A lot of the team dads were excited about it. And so we said, okay, great. Well, the problem is, we didn't know how to put on a barbecue contest. We didn't know anything <laughs> about barbecue. So at that time, um, we just went, we had, we had competed in a Kansas City Barbecue Society contest, which is a, pretty much the NFL of barbecue contests. And um, we had failed miserably. We learned a lot um, by going and competing, realizing that our barbecue is nowhere where it should be. But uh, we made some contacts there, and the organizer of the event gave us a couple names of people that might be willing to help us. And one of those people, Gene Goykachea, not only came to help, but he—I um, mean—he's—he's he's become pretty much family. He uh, he came, helped us put on that first year event, and said, "Hey, if you want to learn how to do barbecue for your restaurant and add a couple menu items, um, I can teach you, and um, I can also loan you the equipment that I've used to compete in professional contests and you know, we took his advice and slowly, day by day, week by week, we implemented barbecue onto our menu and then uh, kind of by year two, we went all in on barbecue and changed our name from Cali Comfort to Cali Comfort BBQ. That's very cool and, and um, it's music
1: to my ears, obviously, when you talk about learning from someone who's been there before as a business coach, uh, you know, that, that's what I bring to my clients is, is my own experiences, the experiences that I've learned in the the hundreds of businesses that I've coached over the years. So it's great to hear that there are mentors in the barbecue business as well. Uh, With the, 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 um, popularity of, of different barbecue shows, barbecue pit masters, or whatever it's called on, uh, on the, the food network is, is popular. and, And I watch it. How has the, um, I guess reality TV in terms of
0: barbecue helped your business or have you used that to your advantage? it's been a huge advantage. You know, I I mean, that's the, the most exciting thing is that now in 2019, we live in a digital age where information is so easily shared across different devices, across people are sharing information on podcasts, on YouTube, um, through digital, through books, um, you name it. And you can get that information, whether it's an Instagram post about a recipe or a YouTube about a recipe and watching Television, watching radio, watching newspapers, and watching really the digital environment embrace not just barbecue, but food, um, fire cooking, business coaching. Um, it's it's really created all kinds of different opportunities for a place you know in Spring Valley where no one uh, no one no one in San Diego would think this restaurant would still be here and still existing. You know we have people and friends uh, in the community and media members that the number one place that they would go to is uh, come to Cali comfort barbecue. And, you know, for us, that's the exciting part. And that's the, you know, the podcasting part has allowed us to create relationships with not just people in San Diego, but people all over the world. I mean, just this week, two nights ago um, I got a direct message through Twitter from somebody that owns a barbecue restaurant in Wisconsin um, asking how we charge for sauce at our barbecue restaurant. We had this, Whole conversation about menu costing and menu engineering um, and talking about brand and talking about marketing and asking, you know, how, how did you find out about our restaurant? He said that someone um, had come into his restaurant who had heard about us on a podcast, you know, and now we've become friends. I've never met him, but if I ever go to Wisconsin, you better believe the first place I'm going to go is come visit his barbecue restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And it's such an important point. Is, is the ability
1: to, to learn from not only your own business and people in your industry, but, but learn additional areas of skill that you can utilize in your business. And, and you've done it um, in a way that, that you were just describing, which isn't typical of restaurants. Most rest, restaurants are local. They cater to their local community, trying to drive um, customers to come in to their store and, and eat their food. But you you've so use social media in a very different way in terms of getting your message out. And I think this is a really great lesson. So tell us a little bit about just how you use social media, why you have a podcast for a restaurant and uh, about barbecue and, and how that all came to be, where did the idea come from and how have you utilized it successfully to monetize in the business? Well, I think one of
0: the things that is unique is, you know, Barbecue is one of those things that you think that all the secrets are kept by these pit masters that have these decades of knowledge. And you know, Gene, when I first met him, I never thought that he would be willing to be share these recipes on how to cook tri tip and how to cook slow smoked brisket and how to make the proper rub and what kind of sauces and spices we should be using and what kind of quality ingredients go into this menu or this procedure. And he was always so willing to share. And that was something that I admired. And being somebody that I consider myself a fringe millennial, I graduated high school in 2000, so I'm kind of on the fringe. Um, but at the same time, when we opened in 2008, I was at a place where we weren't getting people in the door. We were having struggle, struggling to pay our bills. We had, had all kinds of credit card debt, and we're trying to figure out, well, how are we going to make it? one of the things I reached out to was social media and, you know, I made fun of my best friend Corey Robinson for having a Facebook account who was my business partner at the time, because I thought he was just going to pick up chicks, you know, (laughs) but then I did some research and found out that you can actually use Facebook, set up a free business account, and then you could get people to come into your restaurant and to think about how far Facebook has changed from 2008 to 2019. I mean, the tools, the geo-targeting that we can do, I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. And for us, part of that barbecue journey was putting on that amateur barbecue contest in front of our restaurant. We shut down the street. Um, You know, last year we probably had 7,000 people that came out to the event. We had 23 different amateur barbecue teams competing. We also had other barbecue restaurants that you would think are our competitors but actually have become some of our closest friends because of the podcast, Um, they were out selling barbecue right in front of our restaurant. And it was really just a day to celebrate barbecue in general. Um, Craft beer in San Diego has made a mark. Uh, Ballast Point is better because of Stone um, and Carl Strauss. And I mean, we're probably at 140 breweries in San Diego, but they didn't cannibalize each other. They didn't do the Coke versus Pepsi war. They embraced each other. They shared ideas. And because of that, they were stronger and they've created a culture of of sharing and giving back, where um, it's actually become an advantage to their industry. And in the age of social media, that that collaboration to to build
1: the category versus building necessarily your own brand can can be huge and a win for
0: all. That's that's it's so absolutely, interesting it's that absolutely that. huge. Yeah, yeah and amazing. I think you know that's that that's part of the thing. You know, it's the my co-host Derek Marceau, who owns a butcher shop a mile down the road. He also sells barbecue. Um, you know, there would be no reason for me to promote his shop or him to promote my shop, but we collaborated on that first amateur barbecue event. He was our title sponsor. He donated the barbecue meats for the teams. And ever since then, we've put on the amateur barbecue contest. Now we put on a professional barbecue contest, a Kansas City barbecue contest at uh, the Del Mar races in the summer. And we promote all the other barbecue restaurants that are opening up in San Diego, and we've become great friends with those restaurant tours. And for us, it's, it's great that people are talking about craft barbecue in San Diego. I I
1: love, I I love the, the, the direction you've taken it with just promoting everything and, and including everybody and, and everybody wins, including yourselves. So let me take it back a little bit more to, to what you're doing in your restaurant. So when you started in 2008, you were probably doing everything. You were cashier, you were probably cooking (laughs) some, you were serving, you were certainly cleaning and staying up late now you've got sixty seven employees, and I assume some of those are are in in um, the festival and and the contest in del Mar but you've got these sixty seven people you're doing three million in revenue. How much is that taking you away from the frontline day to day of the business
0: and interacting with your customers it's an absolutely great question it's one of the biggest challenges that I have you know as a single unit. Um, restaurant tour. You know, we have one one breakfast barbecue restaurant that we run. We also do our annual events which take up a lot of our time. We do a weekly podcast. But like you said, I have sixty seven people that are absolutely incredible. I wouldn't we wouldn't have this restaurant if it wasn't for them. And you know, my managers, my general manager, Eric, you know, Victor, Ian, Lisa, all of them allow me to do what I do. Um otherwise we wouldn't be where we are. I wouldn't even be on this podcast with you. I'd be over there managing the floor right now instead, you know, for happy hour. Um, so, so for, so for us now, I'm at a point where, well, well, what do we do next? And that's really part of, you know, once we're at a $3 million mark, how do we add revenue? Do we increase our catering presence? Are we going to open up another unit? And right now we're looking at all those possibilities.
1: <clears throat>
0: so that that's interesting because
1: this is, a real-time conversation uh, of what you're going to do next. So what kinds of things are you looking at when you're looking at, you know, in- increasing your current store or adding another location? How are you breaking those things down to ultimately come to what's gonna, whatever will be the, the next step in the
0: next evolution of the business? I mean, it's a, it's a great question. I, I wish I had an answer and it's really just, it's a daily um, task that I'm doing. Uh, we've, had, we've brought in Um, an outside consultant from Restaurant Solutions, Inc. They're our accounting company and accounting partner out of uh, Colorado, but they have kind of a CFO level um, services that they help with restaurant owners. So we get a weekly profit and loss statement from them, but we've brought in a woman by the name of Sydney who comes and meets with me and my general manager really dialing in on our weekly profit and loss statement to find out where there's opportunities for growth but also how we're going to adjust to increasing minimum wage, how we're going to adjust to increasing workers' comp insurance rates. And for us, that's going to help us build a projection for another location or another concept, whatever that might look like. I wish I could tell you because I don't know. <laughs> but, but,
1: but every day you're moving closer to what that's, get, that's going to be. So that, that's awesome. So, so you've got the sports bar and barbecue concept and you've been able to integrate with the local San Diego sports scene. How did that come about, you know, obviously to, to be able to cook for the, for the Chargers and the Aztecs? How did that all come about? Because that's something that I would think a lot of restaurateurs might think is
0: a great thing but have no idea where to start. So one of the things we say on our podcast is to stay curious and get involved. Um, I think that's one of the – We live in a world, like we said, where the smartphone, you know, my iPhone, it allows me to create a Twitter account where I can follow people that I admire in sports media, sports executives. We live in a day and age where it's the more open these sports companies, these sports franchises are, chances are the better they're doing digitally and the better they're doing with their brand and the better they're doing with community outreach. So if you know who these executives are, you can follow them on Twitter, you can see that You know, the president of the San Diego fleet, they're a new AAF, um, Alliance of American Football League, that just started. It's a spring football league, essentially a developmental league for the NFL, that they're a new franchise here in San Diego. So they're looking to make relationships with people that are sports fans. And because we've been so invested with the San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, the San Diego Gulls, the Aztecs, the Padres, um, for us, we've become an influencer of sorts with fan groups. So for me, setting up a Twitter account and having engagement or sending a direct message through Instagram or on LinkedIn, those tools allow you to make connections that you never thought were possible. But it's also, it's also listening. You know, If you're listening to the conversation, if you are listening to sports radio, if you're listening to a podcast, everything's so hyper-local. But it's also, if there's an opportunity – you never know where you can help. And one of the things that we do best is we do food. We, we do barbecue. So while I might not have a budget to be a sponsor of, you know, the local marathon event or the local hockey event, um, I'm not Budweiser. I'm not Pepsi. I can't spend that kind of out-of-cash dollars. But I can bring my team and give them the best barbecue that they've ever had and figure out a way to trade that into something that we can get exposure for our brand or we can get new customers in our door. We're speaking today
1: with Sean Welchef from Cali Comfort Barbecue in East East County, San Diego. Uh, As a reminder, our sponsor, powertexting.com, gives away a free vacation to one lucky listener for every podcast episode that I do. So I encourage you to go to podcasttrip.com and register to win because I will be giving away a trip Again, you can go to Vegas, you could go to uh, Cancun, Rocky Point, which is uh, also an option, is close to me here in Phoenix, and also not far from Sean in San Diego is another option. So definitely register to win. It's a lot of fun. It's just a way to give back, and thank you all for listening. And, Sean, you were talking about the getting involved in the community, and that's how you've gotten some of these opportunities to, you know, sponsor at least the food for some of these teams. But in San Diego – over the last three years really it's gone on longer but the last three years with the Chargers trying to get a new stadium and maybe leaving and people getting behind it and other people saying oh just let them go how did how did you get involved in that movement and and what did that do to just the sports bar business with a major professional team deciding to leave San Diego and some people deciding to sort of boycott football because of it
0: well that's a great question I mean for us being a sports bar it was one of the founding principles was that we weren't going to be a sports bar just because we said we were a sports bar. We were actually going to be out there tailgating with the fans because that's something that I love to do. It's something that my business partner loved to do at the time. And even though he was a Denver Broncos fan, we were always a Chargers bar. We were a San Diego bar. We were going to support San Diego teams. And for us, you can't really do anything on an NFL level except there are people whose jobs it is to cover the story so whether it's the politicians or whether it's the local sports media there were opportunities for us to be a part of that conversation and for us getting involved we started uh actually i started a san diego love letter challenge which was a hashtag san diego love letter challenge where i went to other san diego charger fan groups the leaders of those fan groups and asked them if they were willing this was back when there was the Ice Bucket Challenge, which was a viral um, campaign for raising money for MLS. But we created the San Diego Love Letter Challenge where fans would write letters to Dean Spanos and to the NFL and to the mayor telling them why we love having NFL football in San Diego. And we had these fans writing letters and sharing them on Twitter and sharing them on Instagram, and sharing them on Facebook. And for us, we got a lot of local... Um, media coverage because of it, but it also helped us to, to get connections within the chargers because they saw that we were a very, you know, very vocal fan group going out there doing things to help them potentially get a new stadium that led us to other opportunities. And if you're not, events is actually one of the best things that, that I could recommend for entrepreneurs that are small business owners. Anybody that puts on events knows that you can't put on an event by yourself so whether you're getting somebody to sponsor, which is just with cash sponsorship or trade sponsorship, getting involved in putting your business out there um, is really one of the best ways that you can find people that are proactive uh, in the community. And, you know, whether it's a local PTA event or a local church event, there's opportunities to help with whatever products and services that you have. And until you put yourself out there, you don't know where you can help. That, that is so true, and, and just a, a really import,
1: important point to let set in is is that un, until you start doing and start interacting, the opportunities won't, won't show themselves, and you might not know where your services are needed, and you don't always have to put it on yourself, right? You can start small and join in, find someone like yourself in their local area that's putting on an event, and If you're in in the restaurant business, donate your food. If you sell other products, maybe have a a booth that that can go to it. You can raise money yourself. So you can start small and still
0: make a huge impact, right? Absolutely, yeah. You don't have to be as crazy as as us and actually organize your own festival. (laughs) You can actually go to (laughs) someone else's festival and, uh, you know, offer your printing services or offer if you have a T-shirt company. No, No matter what your businesses are, they need participation, and they need participation from leaders within the community that see the bigger picture of why this event is going on. That's great. We're to- we're talking with Sean, who's got
1: a he's the co-host of the Behind the Smoke BBQ War Stories podcast, where he talks about the hospitality business, talks about barbecue, and he talks about digital marketing. Not the most likely combination but it works <laughs> and, and, and it, it, it speaks to many different levels, right? People who love food, people who are in their own business, starting their own business and people who need to learn the digital marketing side. And we talked about it a little earlier, you've learned to master it. And so if, if you're talking to the listeners about the one thing, if they're not involved or they want to ramp up their social media, what's one thing that you think they could do right now in order to begin to build, that social media engagement, and learn more about it.
0: I mean, I would, I would tell any entrepreneur that's listening, if you have a business or if you want to start a business, every single entrepreneur should have their own Twitter account. And I'm very bullish on Twitter. It doesn't matter how you feel about politics or how you feel about media. I mean, the problem is we live in a world where we all have prejudices, like I had a prejudice against facebook in 2008 when my friend was on there i thought he was getting just trying to hook up with girls when he wasn't once i got over the fact that facebook it's just a free tool it's just a tool in your kit that you can use as a business owner to get people to know about who you are what you're doing and why you're doing it um but yeah i would say start a twitter account and tweet at the show and tweet at me and let us know um you know how you felt about the the podcast
1: Definitely. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at uh, ConnectWithAdam. And Sean, can you give him your, your Twitter? It'll be in the show notes, but yep.
0: can you give him your Twitter? It's, it, it's at Sean, S-H-A-W-N, P, middle initial, last name Walchef, W-A-L-C-H-E-F. And uh, anything that you care about, anybody in your local community, you can search hashtags on there. But you would just be amazed at The amount of opportunities and that's just on twitter forget about you know obviously we we love instagram we love linkedin we love podcasts um there's pretty much nothing nothing digitally that we don't love um because it's just a great way to get your message out there
1: and for those of you who are scared of of twitter don't know what twitter is or have no idea what we're talking about if you follow sean just watch what he does and model what he does and model the way he talks about things whether it's articles he's posting things going on in the community his show you can very easily learn Twitter by modeling what successful Twitter users are doing um, so I appreciate you bringing that up Sean before we wrap up um, what's your favorite type of barbecue favorite type of barbecue whether it's the meat would, whether it's the a sandwich what if you have one thing that you're going you say is
0: your favorite whether it's your restaurant or others what's your favorite I would, ha- I would have to say tri-tip. Tri-tip's a California barbecue, so that's something that we, we kind of take pride in. But, I mean, the best thing about barbecue is barbecue's about storytelling. So, you know, that we live in a world where it's either we love it or we hate it, you know, and we try to move away from that and try to get to the nuance and the context of the story, and that's one of the great things about barbecue is, as great as American barbecue is, there's people cooking with fire all over the world, and they've been doing it for long before we were ever here, so... Um, you know, really just having that conversation about barbecue is just something that that, that we love the most.
1: Well, I I love it. I love the stories. I love the lessons that that you provided today. Thanks for being on the show. And thanks for sharing your wisdom on barbecue on business building, and on digital marketing.
0: Appreciate you being here, Sean. Well, absolutely. And anybody that uh, makes it to San Diego, send a tweet at me and uh, let me know you heard us on the show. I'll give you a full behind the scenes tour and uh, you'll get the VIP treatment. That's awesome. Great offer. Everyone, definitely
1: check out Sean. Hopefully, when you're in San Diego, you can go to his restaurant. Thanks for listening here on the Entrepreneur's MBA and look forward to having you on the next one. Thank you. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA.
0: Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com.